0: Game
1: begin hi and welcome to episode 13 of Dad gum nerds your podcast for family first fanboy fun I'm your host Andrew and joining me today are my fellow dad Zach hey and Kevin we are one turtle down tonight we are weird down so <laughs> I who is our missing turtle that's my question.
2: Uh, it's Trip. probably Raph. It's probably Raph.
1: Okay, we'll say it's Raph. Raph's out this week. But yeah, you uh, have the pleasure of only hearing three people this week instead of four.
3: Well, we're adding that to Tripp's name now. He's now Missing Turtle. Yeah, missing okay. Turtle. No, but it was Lonely like- Champion...
1: All the other dads, though, were busy
3: this week oh, everyone's because of okay. dad
1: life this week. And now we're the only three that aren't busy.
3: <laughs> what the shells wrong with them? <laughs> That's what I'm Thank talking you. about.
1: Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we are going to be discussing a good our pun. favorite. Yes, actually, it was. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be discussing our favorite sci-fi IPs that you may or may not have heard of. Either way, we feel that you got to see them underrated Uh, sci-fi IPs underrated underrated. but before we do that uh anything happened to you guys dad life this week let's do dad check-in I actually had a a really funny cute one um I guess we can do that first I say funny cute in in the fact that so Theodore's one year old he is figuring out right now how to clap
3: there. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, yeah. we'll he climb, finally, he's finally put yeah. two and two together. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Solid. <laughs> no, put five and five together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. checking y'all couldn't get finger numbers last week with Mario. Rhyno's oh my gosh. Well well. <laughs> Seven. <laughs>
0: what?
1: Well,
0: <laughs> anyway, sorry. There, Back to your
1: story. Sense. Back to Theodore. So anyways, we're, t- we're teaching him to clap. Uh, I think we had, uh, he had stopped doing something that we told him not to do. And so we're like, yeah. Clap, 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 Ooh. and he starts clapping back, and it's, yay, clap, 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 and he's just smiling, all happy, and all of a sudden he kind of goes, he gets a wincey face, and goes, uh, uh, and is clearly pooping. Nice, that's so good. Cl- clap, poo, clearly dropping a load, and he stops and, uh, yeah, and like smiles and starts <laughs> clapping again, and so Kristen and I are like, uh, yay,
2: yeah, that's right, yay, you,
3: you clap for poop again when they're potty training. <laughs> hey there, there are some dumps that are applause worthy yeah yeah well theodore felt i mean in was. a way is flushing the toilet isn't that kind of like applause no <laughs> never yeah.
1: once never once <laughs> all the
3: on time that.
2: every single time i'm
3: making a note for potty training toilet flush is applause yeah if right.
2: you, when we get into potty training stories then that's that's game on
1: <sighs> i'm not looking forward to that all They're right fun. well any, anyone else
2: yeah so i have one that has actually happened to me so oh. Oh. yeah so we had kind of a busy weekend this weekend we were outside a lot so my Theodore who's eight had flag football we had a neighbor's nice. birthday party this weekend and we had a giant nerf war around the cul-de-sac nerf and, war uh, yes. oh. yeah. I'm coming to your neighborhood uh, yeah no joke yeah, you should they had they had the battery-powered ones it was fun whoa um,
1: I could ride I can ride in Molly's little power wheel <laughs> yeah
2: and, and then get shot <laughs> drive by, all the by kids. shooting
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> We had a birthday party Sunday or, or picnic sun, Sunday as well. And I obviously didn't drink enough that whole weekend. And it was kind of windy. So going to bed Sunday night, my lips were really chapped. And I was okay. like, oh, man, man. this! So I'm I'm going to the medicine ca- cabinet looking for like chapstick or Vaseline or something to put on my lips. And so I grabbed this thing that I think is Vaseline, right?
1: <laughs> oh, no, oh, boy. Smear
2: it all over my lips. And it happens to be vix vapor rub like for your chest oh, oh. No. it was oh, not no. a good situation yeah no. not a good situation it did not feel great
3: so did it burn because it's oh, supposed yeah. to be like a cooling <laughs> sensation. oh my yeah, God because
2: my, my lips were all chapped so i would like
1: oh,
3: but yeah. i'll tell you what he could breathe through <laughs> his nose yeah
2: i had no trouble breathing that night so did that make you a <laughs>
3: mouth breather
2: mouth that night. No, I was like, I was Okay, I would stranger almost, things reference.
3: Yeah. Okay. I'm not even putting that down as a pun. Yeah. That was bad. That, yeah, was, it, that was bad. It really was bad.
2: <laughs> Most of them are, but yeah, but <laughs> no, everything's good. I didn't have to sandpaper my face or anything, but it Oof. was definitely like a moment of,
3: oh it's like when you get um <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize your mistake was it when it started feeling weird or did, was it like you you quickly turned around the container or like oh my gosh it was it, it was
2: both, kind of both at the same time it's like when you have sanitizer on your hands oh, and you have you an find open the cut, paper cut yeah you find a paper oh, yeah it's kind of yep. like one of those things put but, it, on, but on your lips
1: you put it on and you've realized very quickly you have made a serious <laughs> mistake yeah. yeah
2: i regret yeah. all
3: of the things yeah
1: <laughs> and you can't all
3: even blame anybody but yourself and that's the worst part of it <laughs> all right so i am very excited about my story i've been wanting to share this one since last week when i couldn't be on the show so this one actually involves my wife so we are in nice. bed and as we typically do part of our nighttime routine is we just kind of talk about our day and any questions we have and someone had recently passed away who is famous and Meredith was asking what this person did. And I said, Well, they really didn't do much in their life. A lot of their work and fame came posthumously. And she was mm-hmm. like, posthumously? What's what's that word? And I'm like, Well, it's when someone is famous or something they did only gets notoriety after they've died. Right. And she's like, Oh, posthumously. Okay, that makes sense, because possums are normally dead. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. And I was like, no, no, posthumously, <laughs> as in like after they've been buried. And she's like, "Oh, I thought you said it was possumously. <laughs> <laughs> She, in her mind, she was like, "Oh, well, possums are normally dead, oh, right, so that yeah. would make sense. They're famous possumously." Oh my <laughs> oh, gosh! <so> good. <laughs> that is epic. And like, it was one of those moments where it had to. I, it took me five seconds to figure <laughs> out how possum related to this person, and then and then she was like, "Oh, because they're normally dead." And then we just, I, I started laughing. I mean, I'm talking That's like so couldn't good. breathe. Oh laughing. my gosh! About ten minutes later, I finally. Pulled up the the dictionary. page. It was like this no, is how you spell posthumously. 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 Do you remember what celebrity you were talking about? I, I'm racking my brain right now, and I honestly don't remember. It was a, it was like two weeks ago. I was going to share it last week, and I just wasn't able to be on the show. So I, I've sure. been sitting on this one for a while. I cannot
1: that to myself. Wow, I can't I'll remember.
3: I can't remember who it was. Sorry, person who's dead posthumously. Posthumously. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we posthumously
3: remember um, you. But speaking of someone who's actually famous while they're still alive, so uh, I'm going to brag on Andrew for a second. Andrew.
0: Uh, oh, he
3: actually was representing Ooh. Dagum Nerds well. Uh, there's a uh, a channel that, if you haven't checked it out, it's called The Dad. That's an dad. amazing <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, really overall Oracle. channel. And uh, it, it's all been dad life, so we consider them kind of like a brother venture to us
1: unofficial brother we're claiming that now we're We're
3: brothers come on much
2: younger we're the younger annoying (laughs) one for sure Uh,
3: okay there we go and so anyway they have a the dad gaming league and one of the games they compete in is mario kart specifically mario kart 8 Which, uh, if you tuned into last week's Mario top five, that was an Andrew's top five, and was number two. Speaking of top five, Andrew, you made top five in their uh, their qualifiers, right? I I,
1: did. Uh, They had a battle, a 150 CC and a 200 CC. Which, if you've ever raced that, is just ridiculously fast. fast. Um, and i placed a uh, third in both battle and the 205th in the 150 solid yeah.
2: so, <laughs> so what does that uh, mean going for does that mean anything
1: so uh by the time you guys <laughs> hear this recording uh i i will have already raced in the finals which is uh, a few days prior to that so uh, we may do an update or something on uh, what happened oh we'll post but, to social media uh, oh, yeah. something there yeah. are some ridiculously good racers in there but uh, at the end of the day, I just enjoyed having fun. I get to race Mario Kart and it's a rare instance for me. So sure. I, thank you, the dad and the dad gaming for putting that on. I'm having a blast so far and looking forward well, to as a racer, you now
3: have literal street cred. Uh, well, I don't know about Mario. street cred, but you drive on a. Virtual street. Yeah. OK, virtual street cred. I'll, I'll take that. OK, I'll, I'll roll with that. Hey, you'll roll with me. Oh, the- oh, pun. No, no, yeah. no. That's going as a pun. And it was no, really good, too. That no, was a good oh,
1: one. Oh, no, Zach, stop it. <laughs> stop. Uh, sorry.
3: Andrew's tired.
1: <laughs> well, I'm uh, com- tired. Well, coming up next, we got our discussion. So let's do this thing. All right. For our discussion today, we're going to talk about underrated sci fi IPs that we feel really just need to see the light of day a little bit more. Like, mm-hmm. we like these to the nth degree but more people need to like it. Uh, so when,
3: but, yeah.
1: <laughs> but when we say underrated, sci- sci-fi underrated sci-fi, what are you guys kind of thinking? Is there anything that you want to add to that
3: definition? Uh, I mean, just something that's not mainstream. Like, I guess my, my rule of thumb is like, if my mom knows about it, then it probably <laughs> is not an underrated <laughs> sci-fi. Like it's probably mainstream. So no star Wars, no star Trek, no transformers something that needs to be a little bit more, not quite art house, but just something that wasn't in the limelight.
1: Right. So uh, I will confirm, uh,
3: Zach, you do not have any star Wars on your list. No, I was very careful. I, I will say I did ask about magic school bus, um, <laughs> magic school bus. <laughs> but oh. I was like, okay, it, a lot of people know about Magic School Bus, now, so even though was my it jam. was beloved, and I could quote that thing upwards, forwards, I never watched backwards. Magic
2: School Bus until my kids, so I didn't grow up with Magic School Bus. Wait,
3: so have you only watched the second-gen Magic no, School no. Bus, oh no We watched the, the, we watched the first. We watched, okay, good. You both did both on it on right. Watch the now,
1: on Netflix. Right. On Netflix. <laughs> now,
3: I will say, the the Netflix original series one surprisingly, does grow the, on you, so it, good. You, you have to get into it a bit, but I, I was actually impressed like with Like Clone it. Wars? Clone Wars took a while. Clone yeah. Wars took so you're saying seasons. you
2: you got faster on board with Magic School Bus than you did with Clone Wars? Is that Heck what I'm yeah. hearing?
1: Yeah, awesome.
3: Magic School Bus has an awesome theme song.
1: Yeah, so, Clone so, Wars did not so, have an awesome theme song. You cannot argue with that. Fight me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's dive into this. What are some of our favorite underrated sci-fi IPs that people should know about? Zach, you want to take it?
3: All right. I'm going to kick off this discussion with something that deserves to be on anyone's list of underrated sci-fi. And okay. that is Firefly. Firefly.
0: Yes. Firefly.
2: So yes. Good. A so cunning
3: good. show. So Trip would be so
2: mad if we didn't mention that. <laughs> you
3: know. A lot of people, as would Aaron. Aaron actually yeah. is probably even a bigger Firefly. Fan bye, bye. I am mean, yeah Firefly. Firefly I was, like, well, I was like a Firefly fan. Firefly fan Firefly fan Firefly fan Firefly fan um anyway he would be a much bigger fan than I am because he and his sister actually knitted themselves legit Jane hats oh my from gosh. the show <laughs> okay so for, those,
1: for those of you who don't know what Firefly is if this is your first time hearing about it Zach what's kind of the what's the gist of the show?
3: Firefly was truly a space western So imagine a futuristic technology, but Western theme to where you've got cowboys and spaceships herding cattle. And kind of the premise is that uh, the Earth's been done, used up. And so humanity starts terraforming planets elsewhere in the galaxy. And it, it has this gimmick isn't the right word. But basically what happened in history is the whole world basically became America and China. So everyone speaks both English, <laughs> English and Mandarin. Yep. And so, and they'll just kind of flow in between using different dialects and that's just like the normal English. But, but what I liked about Firefly, it, not only the, the universe that Joss Whedon created, but it was really the characters. I think a lot mm. of shows after Firefly tried to recreate the magic of that crew's ensemble or that mm-hmm. ensemble of crew. And I mean, you had, you had Malcolm Reynolds, who I think is one of the most complicated protagonists to ever be. Yep. old Nathan Mm. Fillion uh, to ever grace a sci-fi. I agree. And then you had supporting characters that you, that could be great comic relief, but then also could just be a really one dimensional kind of jughead character. And then other people that you thought were checking a box for some sort of trope, like, okay, well this is the sex appeal person, but then they might have this really Depth of intelligence and backstory, and are yep. really good at holding conversations. So, like, oh, you're not just the it's
1: it's the perfectly blonde. casted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly casted. The the cast and the crew of that show got on to a, a degree that most shows would envy so much. And then, of um, course,
3: the the tragedy of it all is that it was cut short. It it didn't even, it didn't even complete one season. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also part of the nostalgia for me is I also love the fan story of how fans were in such an uproar and there was such a cult following that even though Fox didn't renew the series, they did at least allow a movie to be made Mm -hmm. serenity that, you know, whether you like it or not, it at least tied up the story in a bow and, Mm -hmm. uh, left you not on that cliffhanger that it, just halfway through the season when it yeah. ends you felt like what that's it so anyway firefly definitely underrated you should go check it out I I don't even think uh I
1: don't think it's on streaming anywhere. Is it on, I, to,
3: yeah I think you have to buy like the Blu-ray or DVD box yeah, set yeah.
1: Amazon or something like that. I'm not sure Amazon may have it for you to rent
3: or buy the season Probably. I'm not sure. Well um, go get you a nice shiny copy. It's a, it's a Mighty Fine Shindig. Mighty fine shindig.
1: It's, it's well worth your time. It's a hoot
3: Nanny
2: Kevin, <laughs> what's your, what's your first one? <laughs> so my first one, I'm probably going to go with the one that I know you guys have heard of. Cause I know everything else on the list you guys have not heard of about at all. At uh, all. I, I actually I haven't wait.
3: heard. There's one thing there's on your one list that you have
2: heard of. And that's the one I'm going to talk about first. Okay, Cause okay. I have no So it's a uh, Stargate SG one. Yeah. So yes. I know this was on TV for 10 seasons from 97 mm-hmm. to 07. Still ridiculously underrated as a show for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Both the cast, the acting, the writing. I also think it could come back in sort of in a way like one of my other all time favorite movies, this movie called Four Rooms. So this four room worth is Hmm. four rooms. Four Rooms. Yeah, I'm 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 deep, my friends. Is it
3: is it four times better than the movie The Room?
2: Yes. (laughs) And this is and this is why. So it has the main character played by Tim Roth. He plays a bellhop. Okay, and then he visits four different rooms on New Year's Eve. But every room is written and directed by a different person. Like they have no say in it. The only thing that's the same (sighs) is the character. So I think that's be a really cool treatment for something like a Stargate, because you could have a different world every time they go through a gate completely written and directed by a different person.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a multiverse, according to a director. Right. So so (laughs) Hmm. again,
1: if somebody has not seen Stargate, what's what's the quick pitch? It's a bunch of
2: basically space marines that go through this little wormhole and visit other planets and try to save the day
3: or do research or whatever. It's they kind of do.
1: like a version of Star Trek and exploration, but a little bit guy- more
3: militaristic. Yeah, a little bit. So, was it kind of like the bridge between Star Trek and then the revised Battlestar Galactica? Because, like, when I think militaristic space, I think Battlestar Galactica. So, was this kind of like uh, a bridge? I never, no, they I never go, once they go thought in, that. They go
2: in, like, it's different. So, it's like they go in basically portal. seeking peace first and sort of learnings from other planets but they just happen to go with guns and have an alien guy with them with
3: a le- with that's really strong and, has and a okay. laser.
1: earth's and earth's gate is controlled by the air force
3: right okay I actually um, never watched the show growing up. I mean, I was a bit young to be watching mm-hmm, it, yeah. but I, I do remember always seeing. Is there some sort of like female commander who's got like a really military cut? Yeah, she's, like, sec- she's like
2: second in command.
3: Okay, no. well, I just always remember seeing her face on TV advertisements. Yeah, um, Major Carter, Samantha yeah, Carter. Yeah, if it. you
1: do watch the if you do watch the show, it starts off with a movie. Yes, starring um, James Spader. James Spader and, and I believe um, Kurt oh, Russell. Yeah. Kurt Russell. I was like, I can see mm-hmm. his face. I can't think of his name. Wow. Um, and it's, it's a decent
2: a, movie that came out in like 94. I want to say maybe you can, earlier. See,
1: you can see the potential of it. Mm-hmm. It is certainly not a perfect film, but that you can see the potential and the show just capitalizes
3: on it. Now they yeah, the, recast- the, film is,
2: the film is very Egyptian. Yes. Very Egyptian influence, whereas this and show... And there's a reason for is that. A, is it, right, there's a reason for that. Wait, Where as in, like, a, as much.
3: it focuses on hieroglyphics and, like, ancient technology? Or what do you mean by, I've never heard someone use, it's a very Egyptian show.
1: Uh,
2: uh, there are Egyptian elements to yeah, it. A lot of, like, their spaceships are pyramids. Like, there's lots of old Egyptian imagery that actually are, like, the
3: battle suits for some of the alien races. Huh. And, like, a lot of people just can't accept reality? No, no, they're, there's a different planet. Well, yeah, they're, a in, they're in planet. denial.
1: Oh, 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 we walked right into that, Kevin. Oh,
3: uh, you missed it. It was a whole pyramid scheme. Nice. Mm.
1: <laughs> Just stop. Just stop right here.
3: OK, well, but, how about you tell us, Andrew? Unless unless
2: I was going to finish it up. with. More. There's a couple Stargate at things, but SG one is probably the best. It's definitely better than mm-hmm. Atlantis. Yeah, um, not, not that Atlantis didn't have good things. It's kind of simple. It's similar but very different. But SG1 is much better. That's five, yeah, by the way.
1: That that's what most people, most people say that is Stargate. If you're gonna put your pulse on what is Stargate, it's Stargate SG1. It's SG1 right. That's
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of my wife's favorite sci-fi IPs. My wife's oh, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. She really enjoys that one, has good memories yeah. of watching. And now it. you
3: will know nothing else that I talk about for the yeah. rest of the show. We're <laughs> now venturing into the blackness of obscurity.
1: Speaking of blackness, uh, I'm gonna take my first one. Honestly, when we decided that we were going to do um, uh, what underrated sci-fi, this was the first one that popped to mind. Um, if you guys have not seen Amazon's The Expanse,
0: yes, you I have
1: not, are missing out, Kevin. Well, but what are you doing here? Go, just but, go, go. But is it
3: fair to call it Amazon's? Because I, well, I, started, I think you need to give Sci-Fi Channel its do.
1: Yeah, so Sci-Fi, I love channel, sci-fi channel shows sci-fi channel decided that they were going to take a book series called the expanse and turn it into a TV show. Now, right there, I would have stopped and been like, not interested.
3: I know that's a majority of sci-fi
1: shows. They have me. some good shows on sci-fi though.
3: Uh, when yeah, you have to say that, like, Hey, there are some good shows," Like it just, <laughs> when, when you're having shows, to defend yeah. it like that.
1: <laughs> um, so, but I kept hearing from people, no, seriously, give this a chance. And so it was like season two or three that had been out at the time and I was going, okay, I'll give it a shot. First episode, I absolutely understood why people liked this so much. Um, I've always been a space guy um, and uh, excuse me, I'm going to give you the context of this what actually
3: the expanse is no i want a bit more context on space guy because i just want yeah. the viewer, i want the listeners to know when andrew <laughs> some says some space guy me he memorized he memorized the patches for the missions of launches by nasa mm-hmm. when I, I was so when he says space guy he was that nerd when did i you was go to a space kid camp? i did go
2: to space camp did go yep. for
1: one year wow
2: do you um, see this challenger explode in person because i did no
3: oh
1: wait what well yeah, that guy you saw I that. Right? In,
2: i was in florida i lived in florida oh wow. wow this just got dark real quick
1: <laughs> so moving on from that <laughs> wow andrew so you want to pick it up from there? Take that,
2: take that space guy
1: what um so what the expanse is is uh i think it's about 300 years in the future humanity has colonized uh mars and the asteroid belt and some of the planets beyond it. not the whole thing but it's basically the world is split into three factions the universe is split into three factions you've got earth mars and what they call the belt And so Earth has all the Earth has all the resources. They've got all the people. That's where the political seat of power is. Mars has broken off and formed their own government. And the belt is just a bunch of scrappy people who harvest resources for everyone else. Does Elon Musk run Mars? Uh, No, (laughs) he does not. Okay, but the thing is that all these factions need each other, but they all hate each other. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like they're stacking kindling on the fire. And the opening episode lights a match, and it, it just you need to see it.
3: But it's not all just political because, like a good sci fi or really any good kind of fairy tale esque story, there is one element mm-hmm. that they just ask you to suspend your disbelief. Yes. But then, what's amazing, what I think sets the expanse apart from other things is that you do have reality based problems, mm-hmm. similar to like when you watch the movie The Martian. Um, with Matt Damon, like things like, oh, well, the reason it's bad if this door opens, isn't just, oh no, we're losing pressure. It's like, no, if I lose pressure, then my brain is going to explode because of atmospheric (laughs) conditions. And that's what (laughs) caught me.
1: That's what caught me about this show is that the authors who wrote this book series, and I've, I've read partway into the second book so far, um, they really paid attention to how space works Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how gravity works how inertia works how speed works in space um, and they really understood what makes people tick that the people and the politics psychology. there's other uh, psychology is just spot on that if yeah you're sitting on a tinderbox with all of these factions and somebody makes a power play Yeah, if you're in this universe, this is exactly what it's going to look like. But
3: what I also respect is while there is that sense of realism, you never get bogged down in the realism. So it's not like when you read the book Robinson Crusoe. That book is almost impossible to get through because he, it's so realistic that it's like here I'm going to count the number of matches in this box. And it's here, a book. Now let <laughs> and it's a book. Um, but I mean, the Expanse was the original book, but like it has those elements of reality, but it never gets boring. So it's yeah. not like okay, we're now going to explore. Do you choose an energy bar or an apple based off its caloric intake? Like you don't get that granular, (laughs) but, but it will ask you things like, what does it mean if you fire a bullet in zero G like, Mm -hmm. so, so things like, Ooh, that's an interesting scenario to have to encounter. But
1: It's the characters that you walk away from. Again, I, I care about the story. The main characters that you follow are kind of this scrappy crew who I
3: I can't say too much without giving it away. Well, this, Ah, my and only one, pushback, my only pushback against that is that I still think the main character, is a poor man's Jon Snow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Amazon was like, "Hey, everyone really likes Kit Harrington's Jon Snow betrayal. Hey, let's make James Holden like J or Jon Snow in space, but with less depth."
1: Why? Well, <laughs> when you when you got a sci-fi budget, he's not bad, but you can tell they were trying. That's to ring the endorsement.
3: The... He's not bad. <laughs> Well, like, that's how we started with the sci fi channel, right? Like, the sci fi channel uh, is like the hardies of channels. They do like one thing really well, and then the rest of the things on the menu, you're like, <laughs> would I ever yeah. actually eat that? Uh, so, I know we need to move on. I can't on. reach the
1: remote, so I might go about to <laughs> I guess, I, I'll I, watch it. I can't watch the next. I know I need to move on. Uh, the expanse, I will warn you, is not family friendly. It's not Game no, of Thrones level no. stuff, um,
3: but it is well, for just language wise.
1: Uh, and some Frackin'. violence as well. Frecking.
3: No, not quite that. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, yeah from Battlestar Galactica yeah Yeah.
1: all right well that's my first pick if you haven't seen The Expanse do it stop listening to this and go watch it it's on Amazon do it do it now Zach how about you
3: uh all right so this one is going to be a little bit more of an out there pick but it is also based off of a book series so this is one that I grew up with and it is the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy so yes. a lot of people may not even realize that he wrote a space trilogy. Most people think C.S. Lewis. You're thinking Chronicles of Narnia or you know like Mere Christianity. Some of those, but he actually wrote a space trilogy in which his main character was loosely based off of J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, oh, wow, I didn't know which that. Which not many people know about. So J.R. Tolkien I read was it and a, Didn't know that. Yeah, well, the <laughs> the main character uh, Ransom is a philologist by trade which is what J.R.L. Tolkien was, a lover of languages and basically, yeah, bless you, right? (laughs) Um, uh, And I really enjoy the first two books. It is a trilogy, but I feel like he wrote the first two in a very similar vein, and then the third one feels like the redheaded stepchild that it's like he lost a bet and wrote this third one. Um, (laughs) But the first two, what I love about it is similar to what he accomplished in Chronicles of Narnia, is that he creates a world in space that just feels magical. And you have Mm -hmm. that sense of childlike wonder because something that's very different in the space trilogy is most anything sci-fi space is a vacuum. It's a Mm. lifeless, deathless Mm -hmm. vacuum. And in this series, that's what humanity's understanding is of space. But then as ransom gets out into it, he realizes No, space is actually, there's warmth and it's full of life and light. Mm -hmm. And there's this energy that's pulsating through all of it. And basically not to give away too much because it really is worth a read, at least the first two out of the silent planet and Paralandria. um, He discovers that earth as we know it is actually called the silent planet because we're basically a planet that's being held Hostage. It's a planet in siege. And all of the other planets in the solar system, Mercury, Venus, Mars, what have you, they all have these vibrant, very distinct cultures that are all in communication with one another. And for lack of a better term, each planet has like an archangel that's kind of the guardian of each planet. But the guardian of Earth rebelled. And so it's earth is completely cut off so that's why humanity has this understanding of space as dark and lifeless because it's kind of this propaganda play mm-hmm. but everywhere else there's like he, he gets on mars or the planet that we would know as mars and mm-hmm. there's like these humanoid beaver creatures that um <laughs> have never fallen i mean i know that that alone sounds a bit weird um, but what What any good fantasy does is it helps you explore real life problems, but from the outside looking in. So anyway, it it helps explore these deep philosophical, theological truths, but -hmm. delivers it in such a magical and entertaining way that even kids can approach it. I
1: honestly, I've never read anything like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't have something to compare this to that, makes you can give you a sense of what this feels like because it really is its own thing however it very much is worth a read well
3: the first two i, I yes. highly recommend out of the silent planet and Paralandria. and if you were just a whole hog CS lewis fan and completionist i'm a then, completionist then you can read the third one but it it feels completely different from the first two i mean it's almost like the difference between uh sorcerer's stone and uh chamber of secrets and then the third book was directed by the same director that did like six Harry Potter six half blood <laughs> Prince. Like it's that different feeling. So anyway, give it a read. It's underrated. Check it out.
1: Uh, what's the first, what's the first book for people to read you out of me? the
3: silent planet.
1: Okay. Out of um, the silent planet.
3: But I recommend on Amazon, they have all three books in one binding and you can buy the three bound book for like $5 more than buying out of the oh. silent planet individually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a no-brainer. Just buy the big one. I've got Kevin, it. I've got it on my book my bed stand.
2: Kevin, how about you? Yeah, so I don't like to think a lot when my book <laughs> <with> entertainment.
3: <laughs> I'm going to take that's that sound by my ringtone. <laughs> that's yeah. why Kevin's like, "Why would you recommend books? I don't like to think <laughs> a lot." I
2: don't like to think a lot, especially when it comes to entertainment. So Mars Attacks <laughs> is are
3: you serious?
2: Mars Attacks, <laughs> which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of aliens that come down and attack Earth,
3: but but There's, it's not. It's even weirder than that. It's, it's it like, much is weirder than it, that. It's done isn't by it Tim the 50s Burton. One?
2: No, it's done by Tim Burton. It came out in '96. Oh wow! Um, and the cast in it's crazy. So I'm just gonna read some of the names. Okay. Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, what? Martin Short, <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Tom Jones, I'm looking Natalie Portman, right Jim Brown, Pam Greer, Jack Black. Like, what Christina Applegate. The heck? And it, it's, it's just this crazy bunch of, like, inappropriate jokes, crazy weapons, aliens killing humans in disgusting
3: ways. Yeah, by the way, do not watch the trailer around your kids. Disclaimer. No. This, is, this is not a safe for Children's right. Eyes trailer to be watching around your kids.
2: Well, the, the alien's guns basically melt your skin off and then burn your skeleton. Oh,
3: okay. You know, right. just...
0: Casual stuff like that.
2: It is rated PG-13. It's not crazy, but it's so ridiculous and so out there. It's super weird. It's like Tim Burton. It's a Tim Burton alien invasion movie.
3: Uh, no, listen, uh, when uh. I saw that on your list, Kevin, I was like, what? This movie title has an exclamation point in it. That's a bit weird. And so yep. I looked it up. And yeah, it, it lives up to just imagine if Tim Burton directed a space alien movie, live action. Like it's not claymation. Yeah. It's live action. And it's live got, more, no it's got more celebrities than the existed. Muppets. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so a good did, thing you did He did know this
2: that. right it's before weird. he did Sleepy Hollow. But right after he did all the oh. Batman movies and Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice.
1: He came off of Batman and did this? Um,
2: Ed Wood and well, Batman Returns, Ed Wood and then this. Okay. So
3: basically, he was at a point in his notoriety, do where whatever he, yeah, to. I mean, he could do yeah. whatever he wants and so he made this. So movie. I'm
1: going to make a movie where Martians come and attack Earth.
3: Yeah. But, but isn't um, uh, like, Danny DeVito is like a lawyer character who's trying to ingratiate himself to the aliens?: um,
2: Kind of no, he, I, he's sort of like a, a greasy Vegas guy. Uh, like a lot okay. of it takes place in Vegas. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's, why not? Because enough, yeah. enough said.
3: Enough said. Because that's the fulcrum of humanity. Yeah. There's, there's a scene in it where... <laughs> that's where you um, get the best samples for oh, her, yes. Sarah That's,
2: that's Jessica where you get Parker a good cross-section. And her dog get abducted abducted by the aliens. And so they take her head and put it on the dog and the dog's head and put it on her body.
3: What is happening?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just a hot mess of a fun movie.
3: I would say that sounds like an acid trip, but that just sounds like a Tim Burton movie. It's just a normal Tim Burton movie. <laughs> yeah. It's right. part
1: for the course. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Super um, fun.
1: Well on the opposite end of that spectrum is that if you want sci-fi, <laughs> you. if you want sci-fi that makes you think, um, I don't, the, I, 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 <laughs> and I, don't. I clearly have seen that you do not want to. Um, but a movie that left me stunned when I left the theater and I was shocked that how little conversation got generated around it was the movie arrival. Yes. I'm so happy. You mentioned that on your list. It is directed by Dennis Villanueva. Um, I think Villanueve, that's how you say it. Villanueve. Villanueve.
2: Villanueve. Um,
1: and it's Balika Law.
3: It's muy bien.
1: I think he's actually Canadian. So <laughs> I think it's like a French <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> um, but um, it, the the concept of the story, if you're not familiar with it, is um, twelve alien ships land on Earth. Or I say land on Earth. They arrive at Earth and the, ah, the majority arrive, of, arrive, uh, see what i did there nice they arrive at earth and the majority of the movie is spent trying to understand and, and get communication with these aliens mm-hmm. um but it ex, it explores the process of what does language mean um <laughs> how it exp- is it
3: created
1: yeah how is it created how Don't these how, it with
2: like a, ske- a uh the little magnet thing with, the little etch sketch? with etch <laughs> a little etch-a-sketch
1: <Don't> <laughs> etch no no etch sketch in this one um It has uh, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. um, Oh, what's his name? Forrest Whitaker. um, All in a bunch of other names as well. But it is. It's a story that breathes. Mm
3: -hmm. And I
1: love that. They took the time in this to to let this story feel like it was alive and vibrant. What I love about this, it it reminds me a lot of um, contact from 1997. The Carl Sagan movie, Jodie Whitaker. Jodie Foster. Uh, Foster, excuse me. Yeah, well sure. Sure. No, Jodie Whittaker's the the new Doctor Who. And I was just listening to an interview with her. That's where it came to mind.
3: Um, hey, another good sci-fi. Yeah, uh-huh. there you not are. underrated. It's pretty mainstream. Uh, people know it.
1: Um, but it reminds me of contact in the sense that it, it feels like if alien contact did happen, events would go down very much like this. And they mm-hmm. explore what, what the effect it has on. On our culture and the general public, what the news media talks about, all while these people are trying to establish just even the word "hello." I think it'll be more like Mars Attacks. No, it is. Mm. It is the opposite of
2: Mars. No. Oh, oh, you I think know, if I've it got, did happen? If it did happen,
3: yeah. oh, of course. <laughs> Let's hope not. Mars yeah. Attacks is terrifying. If that mm, was yeah. real, not uh, everybody died in that movie. A lot of people. Well, didn't. something no. else about Arrival, and uh, I'll keep this spoiler-free. Very similar to movies like Beautiful Mind or Inception. The, the twist of the movie not only is great in and of the story itself, mm-hmm. but there's almost a meta value to it as a viewer to mm-hmm. where you yourself feel the twist. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenally done. And it's yeah. a movie that you can watch twice and enjoy the second viewing just as much once you know the twist. And I, If I you enjoyed it
2: the first time, it was right. kind of hard for me to get through it,
3: to be oh, honest. What? Hey, Kevin, you will enjoy sleeping through the same two hours. The you slept through <laughs> Wonder Woman. Your point is null. <laughs> Twice. Um, Twice. But, wow. uh, I mean, the only no good. Th- that was brilliant- Slumber Woman for you. Oh, yeah. gosh.
1: It's brilliantly shot, wonderfully acted. And what I think is a hallmark of any good sci-fi is that it has a lot to say about what humanity is. Um, and this one specifically about language and understanding. Um, There's a there's a good message that undertones this whole thing. So if you've not seen Arrival, it's a highest recommendation from me.
3: And and it's also family friendly, right? Like if anything, there might Ish. be some military language, but I mean, there's nothing.
1: Yeah, language.
3: Or, yeah, there's it depend, nothing. It depends
2: on how old your kid is. Yeah, like your mean, they might kid. be bored.
1: They might be uh, bored out be of bored their minds. Tears yeah. For a lot of people, because it it is uh, mature in the sense that your kids won't appreciate it. Well, it's that's it's a
3: cerebral. It. Sci-fi. Yeah, it's very cerebral.
1: It's very yeah. cerebral. All right, moving on. Uh, moving Zach. On.
3: Um, so, uh, this one is more of just a fun shoot em up sci-fi that does have some thinking element to it, but I think you would enjoy this one, Kevin. So, uh, this movie actually has two names. It, it's, I, I don't know how many movies in movie history have actually changed names because the, the, the first one, one so sucked. <laughs> um, so this one, it stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt And you will find it now as Live, Die, Repeat, Mm -hmm. which the original title when it was released was Edge of Tomorrow. And I guess they just decided that no one understood this movie and they just really had no uh, belief in audiences to be able to put two and two together. So they literally just explained the premise of the movie in the title. So imagine Groundhog Day, but with a sci-fi twist. So in the movie, the main character, Tom Cruise, is kind of this uh, unwilling hero who's thrust into circumstances where due to a different alien, what's-to-have-it fluid inoculation thing, he relives the same day over and over and over and over again, but the world is being invaded by this seemingly unstoppable alien force that cannot be beat. Like, they're able to... Predict the humanity's every move the the top generals of the world are not able to outsmart them and this alien force is just outmaneuvering them blow after blow and so he discovers that since he cannot die because he just keeps reliving the same day over and over and over again and he starts out as this really whiny uh, he's. He, I think he was an actor. Like he wasn't even a soldier. No, he right? was he, he was, was a, a media,
1: actor. like a, a um a media person for the military. You know, press okay. releases. Okay, basically and-
3: someone who's never supposed to actually see frontline duty. Right. And then he's thrust into the definition of frontline, and uh, throughout the film, discovers that Emily Blunt's character previously had the power that he has, and then through circumstances that I don't want to reveal because it's a big twist, loses it. And so he now has to create this relationship with her. And even though he dies every day and then has to reintroduce himself to her, they create this camaraderie and bond hysterical to (laughs) figure out how do we beat this unbeatable enemy? If our one advantage is that we can relive the same day over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I, what, why did this movie fail? I feel like it was sandwiched in between two other blockbusters and that's why no one knew about it. Yeah.
1: Cause it, it didn't even make back its budget, like both global and domestic. It didn't make back its $178 million
3: budget. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a huge flop and I want to say it was cause it was released right before another, was it force awakens? I can't remember. It was, came out in 2014. Um, okay. So that wouldn't have been force awakens, but anyway, it, it. It was overshadowed Some by movie. something else. And, and then I, it marketed poorly. Well, and and I, it's got to go down to movie history. Like, there can't be that many movies that had actually changed titles, right? <laughs> Birds
1: of Prey, <laughs> Harley Quinn.
3: Well, that and, uh, you know, Revenge of the Jedi versus Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's true. Pitch Black changed his name, too.
1: So there's a handful of properties, but not okay, a whole so, ton of
3: them. So now there's like, there's not a whole lot. And now we just list it off like but 10. they're But they're all sci-fi yeah Ooh,
2: true true <laughs> maybe that's all we know though. but
3: anyway it's it's certainly worth a viewing and uh i i actually own the blu-ray because i love the movie so much and uh it's even good. the behind the scenes is worth watching yep just the techniques that they pulled off the pre-planning that they put into this film it it's oh well done filmmaking all the way around and even if you don't like tom cruise his work I feel ethic like, his work ethic on those is just stupid amazing oh yeah and he he does he does the the famous Tom Cruise running a lot in this one, so <laughs> check it out. And, and Emily Baywatch. Blunt Emily Blunt crushes it in an action role. She does. I want to want to give her some accolades there.
1: And so I'll you know she was supposed
2: to be Scar- she was supposed to be Black Widow. But she was. She had a, she had a scheduling what? conflict. Yeah, she
1: was. She initially was supposed had, to be. She had a scheduling Scarlet conflict Jomant's
2: for character. something else. I forget. I don't oh, know what. I don't know what my it was. Word. But she was gonna be. <laughs>
1: Well, to all me, right, that, clears up, that clears her up to be uh, Jean Invisible Woman. No, not Gene Grey.
3: Invisible Woman <laughs> from Fantastic Four. We had this conversation. Or Looking y'all at had you, that Jack <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah go, go listen to our Marvel episode. Um, all right. Uh, who's next? Kevin? Kevin.
2: I am. So I'll save probably my favorite one on this list for last. And, and it's probably the least known among most people in the world. So this is a property that was actually on the sci-fi channel. I know you guys hate the sci-fi channels. A <laughs> nah. show called Eureka. Oh, I've heard about that one. So Eureka is a show about this U.S. marshal who gets plopped down in this small little northwestern town that's basically a think tank for the geniuses and innovators in America. So he just gets plopped down in this in this community. And he's the sheriff of this town of geniuses and has to. And he's like this. I don't want to say simple mind, but if I like a better term, he's more of a street Well, wise, he's the common man. He's, he's an everyman. Everyman, <laughs> right. man, that's it. And and he, like, befriends all these geniuses and has to, like, solve all these different things that all these geniuses have to come up with. It's just a fun, not have to think about, entertaining show, which is what I want
3: in my
1: entertainment. Well, I don't want to... Have to <laughs> think. I'm, I'm picking up on a theme here, Kevin. As you should.
3: But- know if it's if it's thoughtless entertainment i mean i i watched at least the trailer because i i had to look up everything on your list kevin with the exception of stargate and uh it it looked like the the other premise is that all these geniuses and all this r&d for this advanced technology is like under a cloaking device so if you were to just drive through eureka it looks like a middle of nowhere logging (laughs) town but it's actually home to some of the most advanced technology and It sounds fun. I've not, not actually seen this so far. It's a fun.
2: There's another show that's similar, but they do it with um, ancient artifacts called warehouse 13. That d- doesn't get it to do. Oh, okay. uh, I, that's probably number, my number six or seven on those. It's just a fun show that. Yeah. I, I will say from the
3: trailer, it did look really fun and fun. It, it had elements of it. It kind of reminded me of if fringe uh, psych, And Pushing Daisies had a baby. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Which that's a lot of influences, but yeah, (laughs) but it's fun.
2: It's fun. Check it out. There's a couple of, there's like 77 episodes.
1: Um, I'm going to qualify my next pick in the Uh sense that yes, this is a popular pick in some spheres, but outside of this sphere, um, if you, if you are not in it, you need to experience it. Um, it's mass effect.
3: Yeah that's
1: a good one it is a popular video game series but the story that is told inside of it is one of the most vibrant sci-fi universes to me that's
3: ever been created phenomenal
1: um the concept of the story is is it's years in the future you know hundreds of years in the future humanity has uh, met a handful of alien races it's an rpg made by bioware um Mm -hmm. but you play as a uh, special agent one of Uh, a human, (laughs) I can't speak. Um, Humanity has basically their special ops for space people. um, And you get caught in a conflict that blows the doors on the universe wide open as you know it. Um, And you know (laughs) as the protagonist of any video game, you are the only person who can solve that conflict. No, Um, but the characters that were created for it, the, the understanding of what drives each race, like the, the depth Of this universe is there. Um, And what so many people remember about this property is that every decision that you make in the game
3: matters. And they're hard. Like, it's not just, do you want an orange lightsaber or a blue lightsaber? It's more Mm. like, do you want to solve this problem by planet-wide genocide? Or by destroying all of your family and friends on this ship? Like, it's it's those kind of...
1: <laughs> there's, there's a decision that, that for example, happens in the first game where you're forced to pick to save one person or another of your crew. And it's out of the blue. Um, and and I they're sat not there red like, shirt throwaways. No, these are two people
3: that if you were going into this game, you would think, Oh, these are the people that are going to last through the series.
1: Uh, one of them, uh, one of them gets picked more often than other, but anyway, <laughs> um, but it's what ends up happening is that all of these games are connected. Mm-hmm. And so that decision that you made in the first game will carry over into the second and third cool so um, yeah the
3: amount of decision tree that bioware kept up with over the course of those three games was mm-hmm. just mind-blowing the to coding behind that must be nuts. Uh, it's, it's
1: ridiculous and they dropped the ball a little bit i say a little bit at the end it was a, a big fiasco in uh the th- uh, when the third one came out a lot of people didn't like the ending they kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, they, Andrew, they dropped that's like it.
3: saying 2020 dropped the ball. Yeah. A bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they, they dropped it. However, they went back afterwards and added some stuff and corrected a few things. And it's not perfect by any shape of the, you know, the imagination, but what is, uh, but it, to me, it's, it's worth it. Still uh,
3: not as bad as rise of Skywalker.
1: There is a rumor. There there's rumored rumor to be a remaster that's in the works that it's supposed to be coming oh, out really? sometime this year. Um, um i am more excited about that than probably the average person oh, that's great or should that, be
3: that thing's gonna have mass appeal
1: oh gosh i, I <laughs> dislike your face at the moment
3: um also disclaimer we are talking about the original mass effect trilogy yes uh i do not stand or vouch because i played the same games that andrew did in fact he introduced me he, he was my sensei through the Ma-ha. mass effect games uh but the fourth the installment andromeda yeah Uh, just just pass yeah just pass if you really want something to do just go for it but that does not have you know how us dads have ample time to waste why don't you waste your money and time on this this game
1: uh heads up uh, two is generally considered to be one of the best rpgs of all time uh three three, i love the gameplay even more um one's combat has not aged well but the story is phenomenal But, but
3: if you if you were a fan of knights of the old republic then yeah. you'll feel okay. at home in the combat style.
1: Yeah, okay. It's the same people who made this, you know, the same store. It's just so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so if you've not played oh, it, man. buy a console and play it. <laughs> uh, it's it's that good. Buy a console and play it or buy it on your computer. It's worth your time. All right, Zach, what's your last
3: pick? My last pick is a a game series as well that I feel like doesn't get near enough attention for just how delightful and Fun that it is, and that is Portal.
0: Portal. So,
3: Portal isn't the backstory that it's actually like a spin off of the Half Life series? Like, it, it actually wasn't its own thing. Sure. I, I want to say, like, it wasn't even meant to be a fully fledged out game, but then it just rose in temporary popularity. So, I mm-hmm. still feel like it's underrated, right. but it's a sci fi puzzle game. And the, the premise is that. Uh, In the first game, you are a test subject that's trying to use this new technology and you're guided through these series of just otherworldly levels by an AI and you've got two functions on your gun. One gun uh, posts a portal that takes you to another spot. And then when you fire it again, it'll then post kind of like the Your exit point, point. Yeah. of that portal. And so it's hard to describe this over a podcast. I really recommend just looking at gameplay trailers because even the, even the trailers are fun and a bit just yeah. mind boggling. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just really fun puzzle game and, and the humor.
0: The oh, humor in yeah. the
3: so the AI in it is passive aggressive. So the the. The premise, and I I don't want to spoil too many things, but you kind of discover halfway through that you are just a disposable lab rat. And so (laughs) the, the, the-
1: And the AI knows it. And the
3: AI knows it. So it's always making comments about like, Huh, your performance is down by 5%. We'll have to remember that when we dispose, I mean, during your annual review, like th- <laughs> things like that. It's fun having a passive aggressive AI. So it's not Terminator, something that you know is out to mm-hmm. kill you, Geminina. nor is it something that's just kind of coddling you, but you kind of get this eerie sense that, all right, this is big sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and just it, so you it's know, it's just fun. Just
1: so you know, portal two is just as good.
3: Yeah, so in Portal Two, you play as test robots, and they they crank up the snarkiness by to eleven. You, it's you have amazing. a little AI
1: companion that's with you that I was gut busting laughing. It's that funny. Well, and
3: it's a really good couch co op game. Yeah. So that's is. actually how I played Portal. Is um, I uh, I actually had my brother in law, so not you, Andrew, but Victor, who was you on played a game with week. someone else. I'm sorry. How I I've, dare you. I've been cheating on you. Um, uh, but no, it's a really fun couch co-op. So I got to play with Victor through both games. Um, he actually that's let fun. me play on a steam account and, uh, you know, what was great is that like as a dad, cause I mean, I was a dad at the time. You, it's something that you can do just in an afternoon with a buddy. Right. And yeah. I, I miss games like that. Something that you don't have to dedicate like 60 plus hours or something that's not just kind of stupid, like fall boy. It's just, it was fun.
1: <laughs> yep. It's a great, that's a great yeah, pick. It's, it's fun. All right, Kevin, can your pick live up to that one? Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: I'm pretty sure it is. You ready? <laughs> Let's do it. The year, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> from out of space comes a runaway planet, planet hurling between the Earth and the moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand <000 laughs> <laughs> years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old a world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man burst his bonds to fight for justice with his companions, Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel. Ukla the Mock. Ukla the Mock.
3: i still can't get over super science.
2: Yeah. He pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, my (laughs) God. It is awesome. So, this is a cartoon. Thank that you, came Kevin, out. for
3: reading that. By the way, yeah. that was the intro. That's like, the
2: actual intro to the show.
3: <laughs> oh, that, you serious? Oh, the, and yes. that is Thundar, spelled T H U N D A R R. The oh, Barbarian. Thundar. Yeah,
2: Thundar. It came out in 1980. It was Hanna Barbera. Nice. Two seasons, 21 episodes. Oh, man. So, it's about this guy, this literal barbarian who's an idiot. But he's really strong. <laughs> like, there's there's a conversation I remember when he's like, space? What is space?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Wow. Yeah.
2: And Oogla, Oogla the Mock is kind of like, the it's like the, the Wookiee character, but he lot rides on like this lizard horse. And oh it, oh sure why not? Yeah. why not why not of course right. mocks
3: are known it was, for riding on it was horses. the 80s that's it was the, all I got 80 to say. 81 well it was oh, 80s so, and star wars was huge so they're probably like hey kids love chewbacca let's make uh yeah. let's make a mock chewbacca mm, oh i was yeah. just kidding guys we weren't actually supposed to call yeah. him a mock
1: no his name is Ukla <laughs>
3: the, the, mock. The, mock. The, <laughs> the mock check it out it's super fun sun it's sword
1: super 80s it's a, think, sa- it's a lightsaber. I don't think you could pay me to watch Thundar you, the
3: Barbarian. You have to watch the Uka intro. the Mach and Sun Sword is like the Sam's Choice Star Wars. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like Let's if the see. dollar store sold Star Wars, it would be Thundar the Barbarian.
2: If you're an 80s kid, you know who Thundar the Barbarian is.
1: My final pick. Um, you've probably heard of it, but you've probably not read it.
3: Ender's True. Game. Ender's <laughs> Game. <laughs> um kevin's like yeah why would i read something it's Look, if great it's to
2: be 12 hours to get through a book or two hours to watch the movie Listen, it's it, was of big time. For, it
3: was big now, for kevin to read so, the intro to thundar
2: <laughs> seriously
1: <laughs> Wow. Well, so, read so the i book. remember i could read read the book the movie hits the high points but really doesn't do the whole thing justice it really is a you know the book is better than movie type of a thing um there's a whole ender verse that comes off it i've only read the first book but apparently there's five books in this series um, End of the the sci- Why does the everything sci- have to have a verse now? I, hey, this was back, I, I think it was written in the 80s as well. So Orson Scott Card uh, wrote these books. Ender's Game is the first book of the series. It's really well done. Again, cerebral sci-fi, character's great, getting inside the head. The the tactics and everything that's in it is great. Um, basically, humanity uh, has survived a massive alien invasion because of a genius move on a general's part. Fast forward, I think it's like 100 years or so, and humanity is gearing up for what they know is the second wave of this alien race coming. They need Sundar. Yeah. And his son stored. Yeah. They need Oogla the Mock. And long story short, <laughs> that Ender Wiggin is chosen to be. Wait, his the next last general. name is, last Wigan? Name is Wigan. Wiggin. Wiggin, W I G G I N. It is so stupid. I hate that name. But we Mike need Charlie. a leader
3: to strike fear into the heart of our enemies. General Wiggin. Wiggins. Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew his last name was Wiggin. He has a sister,
1: a kid you not, named Clementine. Clementine Wiggin.
2: How can we wuss this guy up anymore? <laughs> well, no. let's give him a sidekick name. Oogla He's, the Mock. Oogla's sweet. His character, though, Oogla.
1: <laughs> His character, though, is pretty B.A. in the in the series, even though he does have a pretty stupid last name. If you've not read Ender's Game, I Sorry to Sorry if your last name's Wiggins. Uh, Andrew said it.
3: Not me or Zach. <laughs>
1: Just read it. Just Clementine's
3: read it. a beautiful name.
1: Um. Wow, that is the spectrum of sci-fi right there. And there's so I'm, much
3: more we could talk about. I love it. I uh, there, there's parts ridiculous. of our list we didn't even get to, listeners. You're welcome. We, we ran out of tape for our glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my retainer?
1: That and I can only spend so much time watching sci-fi, and I have to, you know, I actually have a life. Well, yeah, I, only so much, I, okay. I only had so much I only had so much time go.
3: looking up trailers for all of Kevin's list. <laughs> well, now I gotta go back
1: and watch it. I feel like I'm missing out on Thundar right. the Barbarian. Listeners,
3: please look up the clip from Thundar the Barbarian where he fights the Statue of Liberty. Yes. Kid <laughs> you not just type in Thundar the Barbarian, Statue of Liberty. You are in for about three minutes of Thundar is awesome. Of bliss. Thund- uh, uh,
2: mindless bliss. <laughs> And that's what I want in my entertainment. Well, mindless guess what? Bliss.
1: speaking of mindless bliss next up, we're going to be doing something a bit different for our game this week. Actually, we are going to be using our minds for it, but first we will be right back after this break. So we'll see you in a second. Today's game is brought to you by Maleshko. Making videos should be fast and fun. Find out how at Maleshko.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-H-K-O.com. Or you can go to slash Sponsors and it'll take you straight there. Thanks guys. All right. Well, our game this week, Kevin, what we got? We're playing a new game called we're calling
3: trivia turntable. Turn.
1: turn, turn, turn. turn. Yeah, I thought that was just for feud.
3: Yeah, I I was trying it out and uh, my how the tables have turned. (laughs) It lived
1: and then it died. So what we did.
3: (laughs) Maybe. the Google. (laughs) It's the Google. (laughs) (laughs) That's for you, Trip. I still chuckle about that one. The Google, the Google.
1: All right, Kevin, what you got? Yeah, so what do we do? <laughs> shut yeah. this <laughs> what you got?
2: So we each came up with five sci-fi questions, super random. There was no rhyme or reason other hey, than it's our hey, sci-fi.
3: Five.
2: Come up with five sci-fi questions. Ooh, sci-fi. And so I'm going to start, and I'm going to ask my five to Andrew and Zach, mm-hmm. and then Andrew will ask his five to me and Zach, okay. and then we'll finish it out with Zach hosting, and then whoever has the most total points. Let's do is it. gonna be our winner. Nice. And so we do all need buzzers. So okay. we'll start with Andrew.
1: All right, mine.
2: Zach. Thunder. <laughs> yes. And I was gonna be Ukla, but I will stick with Cowabunga. Good. Nice classic.
1: So, uh, is there a points scheme on this yeah. one? Yeah.
2: So we will start with um, two points if I don't if we don't give the multiple choice. Okay. And one point if we do. Okay. So we will um I'll let the contestants decide when they want to do the multiple choice. So you guys tell me when you want it um, based off, and some of these...
1: Or if you just see the stumped look across your face. Or if I just see
2: the the dumb look in your eyes, which is generally what I
3: see. If if Uh, we look like Oogla the Mock, then... uh. You could only wish. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Maybe he's born with it.
2: Maybe it's Oogla. I feel like we had to go classic with my first question. Okay. What was the first... Science fiction
1: film. Mine, Andrew. A trip to the moon. A trip to the moon. And the yeah. only reason that I know that is Circling because that was one of my questions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, well, I mean, I remember that one from film school. I mean, that's, well, that's well, that iconic. That's a classic. Giant bullet did. into the moon. You yeah. still didn't get it right. So
2: he might have got it right in his head. He just didn't. He's just not quick on the trigger. A trip to the moon.
1: George Melier
2: Okay, next question. Who did not attend the 1977 premiere of Star Wars: A New Hope? thundar zach roman polanski true but not what i'm looking for
3: (laughs) okay do i get a half point because he wasn't there
2: no i wasn't there either
3: uh
1: thundar who did not attend it who
2: did not attend and stop googling andrew
1: i'm not thundar
2: zach david prowse okay you guys are way off so i'm just gonna go mine mark hamill carrie fisher harrison ford or george lucas mine i was gonna say harrison ford that you would be incorrect, okay. Zach, Carrie Fisher, you would be incorrect as well. Mine, Andrew, George Lucas, George Lucas did not no attend. No way! What?
1: He did not
3: attend his own premiere, according to the Google. Huh. Wow! Wow! I didn't even know that. Wait, so like the like the U.S. premiere he didn't attend.
2: Uh, I, I wasn't sure. Just he did not attend the 1977 premiere. So, huh. whether that's here or wherever. Well, surely know.
3: he had to go to at least the London one.
2: Probably. He was probably still in London. Huh. Wow. Interesting.
3: That did is not crazy. Know that.
2: All right. Do you guys want to go 80s or 90s on this next one? 80s. Just get out of the way. It comes first. Okay. In The Terminator, oh, boy. who plays one of the punks confronted and killed by the T 800? When he first arrives in
3: nineteen eighty four.
1: You're gonna have to give me you're gonna yeah. have to give me the, the multiple choice on <laughs> okay. that one.
3: I'm gonna be I have a twenty five percent chance in the multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, All right, here we go. <laughs> I've never seen Terminator. What? What? I've only seen Terminator two. Terminator one's okay, well. so much better. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay. You can't lean on the special effects. That's what people usually lean on for Mm -hmm. T2. The story is so much better in T1. Well, anyways, back to the question. Okay. In Terminator, who plays one of the punks confronted and killed by the T800 when he first arrives in 1984
1: I remember the scene. I can't remember him. So
2: is it Keanu Reeves, Bill Paxton, James Spader, or Bruce Willis? Thunder. Andrew.
1: I want to say it's Bruce Willis. You are incorrect.
2: Zach, you buzzed right after. B. Who is B? Bill, Paxter?
3: Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, that is correct. Yes. Bill Paxton is correct. Bill Paxton, really? Bill Paxton. That's why I said B. I forgot the name as soon as you said it. And I was just like, I just know it's
2: B. It's the second one.
1: That <laughs> guy. It could have been something else and you still would have picked B. Yeah.
3: Actually, B was going to be my answer regardless because okay. <laughs> I've not seen the movie. So.
1: Well, you still got but, it over like, there. As it's... long as
3: it wasn't Big Bird, I was going to go with B. Yeah. yeah, it's C with
2: Scantrons, by the way. Okay. So off to the 90s. Okay. How much screen time do the dinosaurs get in Jurassic Park?
3: Like minutes?
2: Minutes. Thunder. Uh, Zach, started first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 32 minutes. Okay. So we're, Andrew, go with yours. And you guys I was going to say
1: 27. Okay. You
2: guys are, no. So we'll go with nine, 15, 21, or 25.
1: Mine.
2: Andrew. 15. 15 minutes of screen
0: time.
3: Whoa. Only 15? In Jurassic World? In Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. In Jurassic Park. (laughs) There's a lot more dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I wonder if that's CG, because I I could see that for the CG, but I mean, when you look at the practical effects dinosaurs, there's a lot more of them.
1: But they don't break out until like more than halfway through the film.
3: Well, I mean, they arrive on the island and they see the. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess it's all very quick shots now that I think about it. So if you think cumulatively
1: yeah 15 minutes
3: all right interesting
2: and i so i couldn't get out of this with this whole episode without having at least one transformers question of course yeah leonard nimoy voiced this character in the 1980s movie transformers the movie
1: mine andrew it's oh it's it's his boss i can't remember his name it's he was in the second
2: uh you're narrowing it down so well
1: i know i mm,
2: Thunder. thunder Zach. Bill Praxton. Stop. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so the mm. So you have Mine. Mine. Andrew. Sentinel Prime. You have Unicron. No. Galvatron. Ultra Magnus or Cup? Thunder. Zach. <laughs> Galvatron. Galvatron. Alright. Yes. So Galvatron is basically the reborn. Uh, coincidentally, Megatron. that was also B. It was
1: <laughs> 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 Questions labeled B, Zach gets right off the top.
2: So end of round one out of Kevin's round. Andrew, you have four. Zach, you have two. Nice. Ooh. All right. So Andrew, you're up, and I'm still keeping score, so let's keep me honest. We're All right. so
1: things. uh so Andrews, I, th- I think my my questions are going to be roughly in the same caliber. Maybe a touch easier. We'll find out. score. All right, first question, who was the captain of the enterprise before James T. Kirk? The the direct captain before him. So not not a previous one. Go for it. Pike. Correct. Christopher Pike. Word. All right. Uh, This one's probably gonna be a little bit harder. In the alien series, what is the name of the cat on board the ship with Ripley? Calabunga. Mine. All right, we're (laughs) good. What my own game. (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh Kevin. Jonesy. Good job, Jonesy. Jonesy. Thundar. <laughs> Zach? B. <laughs> no, it is not Tom or Tommy. <laughs> um, all right, so you blitzed over my third one, which is uh, what's the first sci-fi film ever made. So good on you, Kevin. You're welcome. So I had to come up with a new one on the fly. Oh, Nice. What is the name of the actor who played the first incarnation of the doctor
3: on Doctor Who? Oh, Aaron would, Aaron would know this. What is the, the name of,
1: what, that, <laughs> what is the name of the actor who first played Doctor Who? The oh, Thundar. Thundar.
3: Zach. B. No. <laughs> All right, it was worth a shot. All
1: right, so I'm just going to give you a yeah, multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so your options are A, John Pertwee. B, Patrick Trotton, C, William Hartnell. Or D, Tom Baker. Calabundo. Uh, Zach, uh, not Zach, I'm uh, Kevin, sorry. Hartnell. William Hartnell, correct.
2: Yeah, good guess, Kevin. I told you, go C's with Scantron, not B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, my next one. Is this number four? This is number four. In the movie WALL-E. WALL-E. What is the name of the luxury starliner that humanity has oh. taken shelter on? I'm In the movie Wally, it's a what's the movie. name of the luxury starlight? It's one of my favorites.
3: Uh, the first quarter is a brilliant silent film. Yes, oh,
1: it's, it's some of my favorite cinema
3: period. Thunder. All, right. All
1: right, go Zach.
3: <laughs> Oasis, the USS Oasis.
1: It is not. You guys okay. want the multiple choice? Yeah, just do it. Multiple choice. Right. A. The Helios. B. The Majestic. C. The Axiom.
3: D. Thundar. Athena. Yeah,
1: Zach. Axiom. The Axiom is correct. Sweet. Yeah. Good job. All right. So my last one from one of my favorite directors on the planet, and I'm surprised he hasn't popped up. Well, I know why he hasn't popped up in this episode because he is not underrated in the movie interstellar. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is the short message that Cooper sends his daughter from the fifth dimension?
2: (laughs) Um, again, with the thinking,
1: what, In Interstellar, what is the short message that Cooper sends his daughter from the fifth dimension? Multiple choice.
3: Okay, Zach, isn't it the equation? Like it's it's the equation for how
1: short the short message. B. (laughs) So the multiple choice options are A. Stay. B. Stop. C. Save. D. Seven. A, stay. B, stop. Thunder. C, save. D, seven. Uh, Zach. Stay. Stay is correct.
2: Stay is correct. All right, Zach. So
1: Zach has four.
2: Nice. Andrew has four, and Kevin has five. Oh. So we're on to Zach, and Zach, if Andrew gets one, you're third place regardless. B.
3: All right, (laughs) here we go. All right, so. It
1: it served you so well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, uh. No one will be shocked that my first one is a Star Wars related question. What?
1: What? My mind is blown. What's Star
3: Wars? All right. What is the full species name of Salacious Crumb, Jabba the Hutt's bizarre companion in Return of the Jedi?
2: A um, creeper.
1: You're, you're going you're gonna to need to give me the. <laughs> yeah. I've, I,
2: yeah. Multiple choice it up already. Okay.
3: A. Zilkin. B. Kawakian monkey lizard. C. Neomodian. D. Bith. Mine. Andrew. It's B. It is B. And it's B. it's, it's always B. It's
1: all- <laughs> so I, I, Yeah, that one sounded the most familiar.
3: Kawhiqian yeah. monkey lizard, which is kind of exactly what he is. <laughs> yeah, You're like, you actually look like a Kawhiqian monkey lizard, believe it or not. I'm just glad they had one of those on a
1: spit in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes, and, they know great, what, and they know what a monkey homage. is
2: in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is
3: true. They don't Our know exact- what a mock is, though.
1: <laughs>
2: true. They do. They just don't talk about it because... <laughs>
3: Because he will destroy all. Um, so for the next one, actually, and you two are both tied at five now. Yeah. Let's do it. So here we go. Neck and neck. All right. When all Star Trek television series are taken into account, how many episodes are there as of oh, August no. 2020? And if you do it before multiple choice, I'll accept an answer within 10.
1: Mine. Andrew. Uh, 212.
3: No. Kevin. Calabaga, 532. No. All right. So, those either of those weren't within 10. So, this is everything. And as of August 2020, that means it does include the new animated series as well. Okay. So, this is all television shows. So, not movies, television shows. All right. A, 781. B, 856. C, 598. D, 674. Mine. Andrew. It's always B. It is not B
1: this time. No. no, so it is not B. Calabunga, Calabunga, Kelly.
3: 672. <clears throat> Mine. Andrew. Uh, a, I can't remember the number. A, answer is A, yeah. 781 yeah. episodes of that is Star a lot of hours
2: Trek. of Star Trek. That is <laughs> the exact same amount of episodes that uh, Fraser
3: Crane has appeared in a TV show. <laughs> Actually, you're really? not wrong. You're not wrong. They even make fun that of that one. in Fraser. All right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the third one. Um, so we were kind of thinking along the same lines on this one with what was the first sci-fi film, but this is different. So what was the name of the first person to popularize the term science fiction? Oh, dear. Mine. Andrew. Um, George Orwell. Good guess, but no. Mm.
2: I have no idea. You know okay. what, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. And to the man who doesn't read. So here we go to the multiple choice.
2: (laughs) I read, not for entertainment. I do read, just not for entertainment.
3: Okay, true. Okay, fair enough. All right, A, Jules Verne. B, Walter Cronkite. C, Hugo Greensbeck. Or D, Albert Albright. Cowabunga. Kevin. Jules Verne. No, but good guess. Mine. Andrew. D. Nope, not D. (laughs) Cowabunga. Kevin. C. C it is! (laughs) Hugo (laughs) Greensbeck. So, uh, funnily enough, um, the, I found this out. So, are y'all familiar with the Hugo Awards? Yeah. Oh. So he is the Hugo behind the Hugo, Hugo. Awards. Was so he, he was, was he a was, journalist? Uh, he was a publicist. Okay. And so he was actually the first person who took the time to try to define what does science fiction include. That's so interesting. All right, we all are right. still neck and neck. It is six okay. and six. All, all right. right.
2: What question are we on? Is it four? This or five? is four.
3: We're going on okay. to four. What prominent actor and fellow sci-fi nerd is one of the few people who can claim they have had an appearance in both a Star Trek and Star Wars movie?
2: Oh, I know the dude, Kalbunga. Bunga, Kevin, uh, Eric, ban-, ban-, ban something.
3: No, so I will say he was one of the people. Um, but not the answer to this question. This guy's, this guy is commonly known.
2: He is in two though. Like he is in a, he, he movie is. a Star Trek movie.
3: He is, uh, but that's I the question, right? Yeah. Well, what I said, talking? I did say prominent actor.
1: Okay. So let's just get multiple choice. Let's do okay. this. Okay.
3: Multiple choice. Prominent actor. A. Josh Whedon. B. Simon Pegg. C. Leonard Nimoy. It is Simon Pegg. It is Simon Pegg.
1: It is Simon Pegg. He is in episode seven, and he is also in the Star Trek movies. And well. an
2: Eric guy. He he played the Hulk, and he played um, one of the villains in one of the new Star Trek movies. Yep. So, hmm. so I feel like we should both so get a I, point. I, I was like, going to
3: say Kevin did technically have someone because I had okay. the I had the list pulled up. So I, I listeners, what do you think? Give the man a point. Okay, That's what
1: I'm talking we're going to give okay.
3: we're going to go into the final question. So, so is Tied. that
1: what it, is that what I'm I it's think seven it to means? Seven. So it's this seven is seven. this
3: is and someone will win this one. I'm pretty sure one of you is going to get this. Google the mock. Okay. All right. And uh, I don't even think I'm going to need to go into multiple choice for this one. Okay. So just okay. be ready. <laughs> Throughout the history of the Academy Awards, how many sci-fi films have won best picture? Mine. Andrew. 0. Boom. The answer is that zero. Yeah. yeah. So fun follow-up question. Kevin, if you get this one, then I do. we can do then a tiebreaker. It. What was the first sci-fi film to be nominated for Best Picture?
1: Oh, Ooh. now that I don't know.
3: This is World. It, it is not. Waterworld. <laughs> and, and, and I would have got this one wrong. I was actually shocked by this one. But the nah, first it's got to be something film,
1: early. It has to be something early, black and white. Come on,
3: throw something out there, Kevin. I got uh, space Odyssey, two thousand one. So, believe it or not, that's what I would have said, and a lot of people. Spaceballs, no, <laughs> Spaceballs. Love so. Space a lot balls. of people, a lot of people are really upset that Space Odyssey wasn't okay, uh, but actually, the first sci-fi film, when technically a sci-fi film, was also a Kubrick film that came out three years later, which was a Clockwork Orange. Oh, I don't know if I'd get... Class- wow. what is, uh- well, the thing is, though, is that it is a futuristic story yeah. that has science, okay. technology yeah, elements. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it is actually classified as a sci-fi. So okay. actually, so Space Odyssey was snuffed at yeah. the uh, at the Oscars.
1: He snubbed, not snubbed. snuffed. <laughs> yeah, snuff <laughs> no, it, is a different... Well, snuffed <laughs>
3: is when you do it to a sci-fi film. Ah, okay. So okay. anyway, the results Fair of enough. the first round of trivia turntables is... Andrew, Andrew. With nine. Woo-hoo. Andrew
2: was a winner with nine.
0: Dun, dun, I have a respectable
2: dun, dun, seven. Dun, dun, and Zach, dun, dun, you're re- I feel like you were respectable four. Those questions weren't softballs, but they weren't yeah. little trains either. Hey, B served me well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. You're in last place. <laughs> ah, this is true. It is true.
2: He, he, was, he, was, he wasn't quick on the trigger, though. I feel like he would have gotten more if. I, yeah. I will
3: say, in defense, I did know the answer to Kevin's first one. You just said, mine quicker. Yeah, that's, See,
1: n- that's because I, I looked it up about an hour prior.
3: Well, but but I did know it. Um, I, I, I'm realizing that part of the the skill in this is just having a shorter buzzer. Yeah, <laughs> why do you
1: think mine's one syllable?
3: This is true. This is true. <laughs> All
1: right, guys. Well, next up, we got our Dadgum Q and A on this one. So let's get to it. All right. So for Dadgum Q and A today, Zach, take it.
3: All right. So the first one is actually submitted via the website by Andrew. So Uh, thank you, Andrew. Andrew. And the question is, what is the first video game you ever played? And do you remember anything about that experience?
1: Well, since it was my question, I think I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to
3: say, you obviously had something in mind.
1: Uh, It was Mario Kart 64. Wow. That was the first first video game I ever played. I remember. Going I'm gonna to, feel
3: really old. I know. <laughs> I,
1: fi- I figured yours was gonna have some pixel art of some kind. Yeah.
3: So that was like truly your first video game. So like you didn't play at a friend's well, I, house before I did. Or...
1: Well, that was at a friend's house. It was at a slumber, like we went over and uh did a sleepover. Um, but the I went I didn't grow up with a, a console until I was like 10. Um, and so I went over there and we played Super Mario 64 and I was like, what is You didn't this even sorcery? have like a computer
3: game, like any mm, game on the really. computer. Well
1: uh, our family just wasn't big into games at the time we did yeah we learned through other means so um but that was my first one in mario kart 64 and uh obviously I, I enjoyed mario kart ever since then solid kevin
2: so i kind of have two the first one i remember playing an arcade was at a pizza hut they used to have like these floor yeah. arcades that you could mm-hmm. sit and sort of mm-hmm. like a table yeah and it was the original pac-man
3: nice uh-huh. yeah
2: so i don't know when that came out and but the so first the table game,
3: version too so like the one yeah. where the, the yeah, yeah, screen is i the table. it's, it's, flat, it's and flat and you should look down yeah. nice yeah. was it paired with galaga
2: yeah absolutely it was awesome yeah yep so that and that was probably when i was super young so that was probably when they, they first came out but the first one i remember playing within like a console was actually pong like I'm old enough to remember oh, Pong. Wow!
3: So you played yeah. it in Atari Pong? Mm-hmm.
0: You
2: dinosaur! I, I, I old it. We owned a 2600 <laughs> when I was growing. We owned a 2600 no and a 7600 before Nintendo even came out. Yeah. Wow!
3: You are yeah. so old. Yeah. I you, turned 42 <laughs> this year.
1: If you had held yeah, on you to that, it well, I, I, I wear have, it well. I have yes.
3: absolute beard envy. Not gonna lie. You do. You do because of this awesome. One day. One day. I actually saw that? a little like gray hair the other day. I'm like, look. Meredith, it's a gray hair. I like the texture. I was so excited.
2: Um, yeah, those were the first two I'm ever playing, um, ever. I remember mean, playing ever. I mean, I probably have played more video games and forgot about than you guys have probably have played in your lifetime.
3: <laughs> probably. Um, so I have very distinct memories of my first video game, and it was Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail <laughs> on the Macintosh. Yes. Macintosh. You have died of dysentery. So I played Oregon Trail on a floppy disk. So I am still one of the, I am still of the generation where I know what the save button actually represents. Yeah. So yes. I remember playing on the floppy disk and all I did was hunt. I would hunt and I would hunt and I would hunt until literally the game would go there is no more game. It is scarce. And then, and then I always remember my wagon train leader would be like, do we really need 500 pounds of Buffalo meat? And I would be like, yes, carry on. And then my people would always die of scurvy because we had no vegetables. (laughs) So I actually only ever remember beating that game once. And I guess I just the game randomly decided to give me a hearty meat loving folk because they had nothing but <laughs> buffalo meat and rabbit meat. Did you did
1: you ever did you ever get the prompt on that one where it's like you just you died? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Okay. Uh, I, wish I it got, was like,
2: you died of the meat sweats.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm about. Son. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. But yeah, all I would do in a, whenever trading post, I would trade like medicine for for musket balls and be like here. You have a child. I'd be like, that should get me some gunpowder. So like I think the one time I did win, it was like just me. All of my family had died. I didn't even have a horse because I had traded him for ammo. (laughs) And I was like, you've arrived in Oregon with a ton of buffalo meat. (laughs) But I love that that game. So yeah, that was, that was my first video game. All right. So moving on, uh, this next one comes to us via the Chan man. I like that username. Thank you. The Chan, Chan man. Chan the man. Also via the website. And I'm really excited about this one. What video game character would be the best replacement for the vacant seat in the Supreme court. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, when I first heard this one, my first thought that came into mind, funnily enough, was like link link would be great. He would just sit there and say <laughs> nothing. But if I had a serious pick and I actually thought about this one, I would do Shepard from mass effect.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: Cause dang I mean, it. he's, he's the best court justice on the Citadel,
1: uh, dang. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> but I mean, from the games, he's good at making decisions, even hard ones. So, well, I, so I would basically, you're a,
1: saying you make decisions. It, so it would be you on the court.
3: <laughs> well, you know, as, as American voters, we vote for the people who make the decisions. So in a way it is like Bioware. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to say Donkey Kong. <laughs>
2: nice. Why? Mine's similar.
1: He's already dressed for the occasion. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that tie really that's, brings it uh, in really together. It that's, that's his it color.
1: It is his color. No, I, uh, if I'm serious, the only like legal, something I know of Phoenix, Wright, Ace attorney. Um, oh yeah. Transition. Yeah. Make the transition from lawyer to a uh, judge. It doesn't seem very far off.
2: That, that character is on point. The only <laughs> two people I had in my head at all okay. was mega man. <laughs> okay Just cause he, he has that built in gavel arm
3: Okay that Cause he, that comes in handy when interpreting the constitution When interpreting the
2: constitution right <laughs> <laughs> The other one Isn't even American But I think that matters the only person I can get in my head, I can't get out of my head is Blanca from Street Fighter
3: What <laughs> <laughs> What? So Kevin's version of the Supreme Court is a very scary place. Yes.
1: <laughs> Owned by Capcom, apparently. Yes.
3: <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us be happy. We are not deciding the next mm-hmm. pick for the vacant seat.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um well, uh, I can tell you today, I learned that Kevin's version of the Supreme Court is very scary.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. I learned that Kevin's version of entertainment is not thinking. About oh my anything. gosh! Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Kevin said that he doesn't like to use his brain, and that will be my new with ring entertainment. Tone. With yes. entertainment, yes,
3: entertain
2: me.
1: <laughs> clap clap.
2: Why do you think I'm a wrestling fan? Like, um, ah, I learned is, uh, that you guys really need to watch Thunder or the Barbarian. At least
3: the opening. I'm not going to lie. After watching that trailer where he fights the Statue of Liberty, (laughs) this may be my new, like, just when I need a brain fart, I'm just going to (laughs) watch. There's only 21 episodes. Perfect. You're you're not in for that long. 21 episodes across two seasons? How does that even work out? It was like a
2: 10 episode like an 11 episode. That's like a (laughs) seven-fingered Mario conundrum right there. I I almost
1: went 12. (laughs) I can math
2: B fucking math real good
1: <laughs> well guys that's all the time we got for today so thank you so much for listening uh if you've got a question that you'd like for us to talk about on the show the google go to, the google it's the google <laughs> you could get there from the google just go to dadgumnerds.com contact and you may just hear your submission on the podcast weep, weep. And we love hearing from you guys seriously we read every one of them so send us your questions uh if you like to grab some dadgum nerds merch which we think looks pretty dang cool not, it's, not it's pretty lie. dope it does
3: it's dadgum but it crew. looks better in a checkout cart uh it does <laughs> uh and you can check out
1: that cart at dadgumnerds.com slash store and you can stack a t-shirt hoodie or whatever you want to rock that dad swag with so again that's dadgumnerds.com slash store or you just go to our
3: website and you get to it from there all right it is time for our dad joke of the week zach <laughs> what do you have all right do you know that i can uh cut a piece of wood just by looking at it Willie. Really? It's true. I uh, I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> no, that one goes against
3: the grain a bit, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, way to sneak one in there, sir. I had to lumber it across the finish line. Uh, and with that, <laughs> you're
1: the last pun of the day. <clears throat> what is the pun count for this one, Zach?
3: Oh, I, I got I? it. It's oh. nine. I got it at nine not dude you are way off it is 18
2: sir 18 Oh, 18. wow. 18 you're half there kevin i think he just says them in his head and they're so automatic i don't think it's no listen lips can i sneak him in there
3: i sneak it's, him in there while you guys are just chatting away it's a it's a twitch it's just like oh, we have to hear it Zach, yeah.
2: we can't me and
1: andrew can't oh, be having a conversation standard? that's and you standard? can't just
3: hey guys i'm saying a pun listen i'm like I'm, you can't just i'm the ninja pun <laughs> i do it when you're not looking it's not the pun that you deserved but the pun that you needed oh my god <laughs> well before this
1: goes any further that's all that we've got for you today so again thank you so much for listening and we will catch you later dadgum nerds
2: see you on the flippity flip B.
0: game over